This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football is a beautiful, heartbreaking, soul-deadening, evil and gorgeous game. And I'm never sleeping again. Wrexham AFC. Now, don't get confused, those aren't our words. They are the words of co-chairman Ryan Reynolds after he and Rob McElhenney flew in from the States to get their first experience of watching Wrexham uh, as custodians of the football club. They went to Maidenhead, a packed-out York Road, full of great away support there, as always. And it was, in the end, a 3-2 defeat, an agonising result, 2-0 down, a man sent off, back to 2-2, and end up losing 3-2. Well, boys, if you didn't know already, this is the Wrexham way. Welcome to the greatest football team in the world. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood, Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Colin Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham won! Chester It's McDonough for Wrexham. Still Jerry McDonough. Hello, Kroisar, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. Now, where do we start with Maidenhead? Nave, our trip to Barnet at the weekend seems a long time ago, but it was a night of highs and lows. I guess that's the Wrexham way, isn't it? Maybe that is the DNA of the club that's, you know, sort of in the brickwork of the Kairas. We had the excitement of the new owners, maybe, do I say in town, though, down in Maidenhead for their first game, their first taste of Wrexham action, and yeah, heartbreaking, agonising, highs and lows, losing 3-2 away. Yeah, where do we start? Where do we start? Are you, are you in a good mood or bad new mood after that? I don't really know how to feel about it, to be honest, because, um, you know, we, we were speaking, weren't we, before the before the Barnet game about what does the points return need to be? And we didn't factor in any defeats. We sort of said seven of nine, you know, two wins and a draw, nine points, nine from nine. Um, so so naturally, I'm disappointed. We're, you know, we're already, there's a sizable gap and we didn't take the opportunity to close it when you see Grimsby, Stockport and others losing last night, Notts County drawing and dropping points. But forget that for a moment. You know, it is a, is a momentous. It was a momentous night, Rich. I mean, you know, to see this video of them walking through the, the kind of the fog of flashes, camera flashes, and and getting out of this car outside outside York Road of all places. You know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's first taste of National League football comes at me. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's perfect, and I can't wait to see how it unfolded in the documentary. You know, them flying into Heathrow. Which is you know obviously nearby near Maidenhead, you know getting out just just the whole, just the whole experience and I saw the whole the whole gang were there you know Sean Harvey was there, 
grinning from ear to ear. Fleur was there, Humphrey. And it looked like, I don't know who the, who the lady was that, that sat next to Ryan Reynolds, perhaps a PA, I'm not sure. But um, just bonkers, isn't it? My, my phone's not stopped buzzing, Rich. I mean, I, I, I need it on charge at all times. People are just going crazy and are excited for me. And I know that on our socials, Twitter at Rob Ryan Red was just crazy, wasn't it? The pictures were brilliant. Rob in his customised RMC um, Wrexham coat was just, yeah, that was just brilliant. Yeah, although that that sort of meme of Ryan at full time, I think when we or when we can see the third goal sort of sums up what being a Wrexham fan is like. If you've not seen that, we have tweeted that as well. It's Rob smiling when it's two all, and it's Ryan's look of despair when Wrexham do what Wrexham do. And uh, yeah, money doesn't change some things, does it? It is back to no. back to how we were. And another thing as well on this podcast, we'll be speaking uh, to a Torquay podcast ahead of the game with them this weekend, and we've got a bit of insight into Charlie Trafford, the Canadian international who's joined the club, as well as a bit more on the ticketing fiasco, which. I I know has ruined Nathan's plans of a trip out to Harrogate uh, coming up. So, yeah, we've got a lot to get through today. But, yeah, Maidenhead is the place to start. Nath, unchanged team from the one that eased past Barnet at the weekend. Mm. I was going to be very derogatory and, and sort of have a go at Barnet for being a crap team. But, you know, they, they beat Stockport away on, on the same night that we lost to Maidenhead. So maybe yeah, they've got a bit more amazing. fight. And maybe we've got to yeah, give I mean, ourselves they, they a bit were, credit they, for the win. They were, yeah, they were dreadful though, Rich, weren't they? You've got to, you've got to say, I mean... We should have been more. You know, we, we were in total cruise control at the Hive and perhaps that just gave us a, a false sense of, not, you know, not saying anyone was getting massively carried away, but I I was definitely starting to think, right, you know, Marine and, you know, you can only beat who's in front of you, but it's two good results. It's two good results against two teams we really should be beating. And I think it, the holes in the midfield still reared its ugly head last night. You know, Maidenhead, I, I predicted... On fan have I predicted a an unchanged eleven? I thought that there's just no need for him to change it. Wasn't necessarily sold on on Bryce at right attacking mid Bryce Susanna, but you know more on him later, I guess. Um, but you know I was I wasn't unhappy with the team selection, and it was just a horror two minutes. You know that we sort of started okay. Crowd was brilliant. You know to to go all that way on Tuesday night. I know how difficult it is to get to Maidenhead. Having done it before. It's uh, it was just a horror two minutes. Um, who was it? Kane, Ferdinand, and was it the lad Josh Mingi or Mengi or something like Mingi, that? Mingi, yeah. Mingi, so that's two yeah. goals. Um, so they scored in the seventeenth minute and the twenty-third minute. So two goals yeah, in five terrible. minutes. Really poor as well. Just re- yeah, really poor defending. Rich sorry to interject there. Really, and and Parky said after it's just like really poor goals to give away. Yeah, that's what's annoyed me so much about Parky this season. It's the basics defensively, and like I said, we were sold this vision that. Parkinson's a defensive manager who plays long ball football so you know you see that in that 3-5-2 which hopefully fingers crossed is you know has been buried but I think it could be resurrected soon if, if these sort of results are still cropping up but we were told you know that Parkinson loves loves to sort of build up from the back I know he's got the caveat that all of his centre-backs are new this season I know that when he came mm. to the club he, he, he was like where are where are the defenders because we, we let them all go there was just nothing for him to work with so he's had to build that up from scratch but he's been able to bring in everyone that he wants. There's no one there defensively, really, that he hasn't had the seal of approval for. And the, f- the worry for me is, you know, he's got this reputation of being a defensive manager, but we are pathetic defensively. Like, mm. we always look like we're going to concede. The amount of times that Rob Layton's already bailed us out this season, and, and Dibble as well, credit to him. Dibble's come in and done a really good job for the, the three games now, I think, that, that he's been in goal. But it's just been pathetic defensively. And you look at it, I mean... We scored 17 goals, conceded 14. That is just... I know lots of teams concede goals in this league and I just don't think that... We just don't look like we've got enough in attack and we look like we concede at the back too much. And the pattern this season has just been poor defending, Mullen Bales is out. And We've got high-caliber defenders though when you look at it on paper. I'm really impressed with Sean Brisley in the the small sample size we've had of him. Harry Lennon, I think, has been one of our better players this season. You know, Aaron Hayden, okay, he, he's he's been off it in some games, but some games he's looked absolutely colossal. Yeah, Dagnum and Barnett, good. two yeah. times I've watched Hayden, he's been really good, but he's also had a bit shaky. But like you said yeah. there, so what? I don't know what the, the problem is. I saw someone on no. Twitter say maybe we need to get defensive coaching. I mean, we've got Phil Parkinson as the manager who, you know, we said adopt this style of play, which is defensive. So I just don't get what it is. And Parky said himself, didn't he, after the Marine game, he played down how important switch, switching the system was because he said that the, the system doesn't matter so much as long as you play well because you'll make yeah. it work no matter what. So 
in a way, that's even less mitigation because we've got the players. You can't then blame the system by his own sort of ruling on that. So I just do not know what the issue is, but it just doesn't look good at the moment. And like we said, it was always inevitable that almost when it became a circus off the pitch and all the attention was on the oh, owners, yeah. that the, the game wouldn't wouldn't go well. And that just fills me with dread ahead of the weekend because but, yeah, it's going to be yeah. all about Rob and Ryan. And I think that Torquay could, could upset us at the race course. They, they could, which which you, I'd kind of hope that they've maybe got some of that out of the system. You know, you hope that the kind of the candles burned itself out. I know it won't have done for the you know for the weekend. It's a home game, be a massive crowd, nine five plus. Um, but you hope there's some, especially for the players. I know Parky said he kept it on the down low, but what you would have to say is when it went to two nil down, and then a disaster struck. You know, in terms of getting the red card. Bryce Hosanna showing a straight red. It, it doesn't seem to be clear at all. Parky said that fourth official was right next to it, didn't see anything. Referee was a little bit further away, didn't see it. And the linesman who was further away saw it and they gave it. Um, it's not even sure if, if, if Bryce was the right player well, that's, to get that. I, I'm um, not sure I want to be being like, sort of put out on the table. No, no. But there is a suggestion that it wasn't Bryce Hosanna who was at fault or, yeah. or who, who was the, the, the culprit in the incident and that it might have been another Wrexham player who should have been sent off instead. Um, I'm not even sure he's mistaken Bryce, identity, Bryce just, yeah. just clueless Bryce sort of officiating. Yeah. Well, what you'd expect at this level. But Bryce goes and I'm, and I'm thinking it's... It, it's good night then. The owners have, have come over. They've got the Wrexham experience. You know, two nil down. Horrible night. A, a, a horrible night. But you know, one of those tricky nights away at, at Maidenhead at Bromley. These kind of teams. And then all of a sudden, we get that we get that dramatic plot twist that you get in any good film, Rich. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was expecting you to sort of name some films. <laughs> sorry, right? no. Sorry, no. Um, you know, I mean, what, Monsters what Inc. Films? There is there is Mon- a there's a plot twist in Monsters Inc. when the door gets destroyed. That's that is true. Yeah, it's no, not a Ryan sorry, Reynolds I, film. Sorry, so you, maybe you, we should put that. Ki- um, Turbo, kick- which is about a snail. Um, I've watched Ryan Reynolds in that. You'd kick back then, thinking I was just going to go on some sort of soliloquy about films, but no. You know, in terms of two nil, two nil down, get the red card, man. I'm I'm thinking this is probably it. It's probably over. Um, and then all of a sudden, sort of, Mister Super Paul Mullen himself. Maybe he steals one off the line. I know. Maybe Sean Brisley feels a bit unlucky there that he didn't get back I to love goals. That I want a striker uh, but, who's selfish and greedy and. What you like that? Paul, Elite Paul mentality. Mullen, yeah. Well, Paul Mullen does the link up play and stuff. We know that, but he's the best striker in the league. He's the best striker in League Two still as well for me. And I know Shamanga looks quite good as well, but Shemanga's Mullen's just a different good. level. Yeah. And he's a different type of striker, Mullen, because he 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 doesn't just stay in the middle of the goal and I know it's that cliche where if you if you stand between the posts you're going to get goals Jake Hyde's more that sort of focal point isn't yeah, he definitely. Mullen links up definitely. runs out wide that's what I loved at Barnet. the amount of times that Mullen won possession just by sort of harassing the defenders and stealing the ball off them making them really uncomfortable it's just I love to see that so yeah 2-1 at half time still a man down did you think there'd be game another on. goal? Uh, you know what at 2-1 I felt like game on I, I knew that they would have a chance because we were down to 10. So I thought we're always going to be susceptible on the counter. But ultimately, we we do have better players. Um, I know that didn't translate into the result in the end, but I just thought, you know what, this is. it would just be typical to have, you know, to, to do it the hard way, go 2 nil down. And, and we're still getting all these pictures through of, of Robin Ryan celebrating the goals. I know it was a high five for the first one before they have a, an embrace on, on the second one. And, and getting to the second one, who other than... Wrexham here, the coy point assassin himself, Jordan Davis. I mean, he, he, he scored a, a screamer at Marine. You were there for that. Uh, and, and another absolute belter last night as well. Was it 20, 25 yards out? So, yeah, Jordan Davis, I, I know he splits opinion again, but but he and he doesn't look maybe as comfortable in that DM role, but he, he, he really stepped up last night. Yeah, and I was, I've was i been critical of Jordan so when, I've, when I've been at the last few matches because I don't think he's played particularly well, but then he scored goals, so... You know he's he leaves like the critics of egg on their face really. But in terms of Jordan Davis, I think the issue is he just needs to be playing in a regular position because we said last season it was seven or eight positions he played in. He played at both fullbacks. He played at centre back. He played defensive mid. He played attacking mid. He played centre mid. He played on the wings. I think he played up front as well in one game. So what moves that nine positions or whatever? He he mm. just has the versatility, which is a really good trait. But I think he just needs at such a young age and now he's coming into a pivotal point of his career he needs to be playing regularly in the same sort of role I think I'd quite like to see him attacking from like the left in maybe in the McLendon yeah. role or something or something 
uh, the attacking yeah. force because I think attacking he needs that sort of freedom and I think defensively he just doesn't quite have it and particularly in the National League it's very physical I think he's a bit more technical rather than sort of he doesn't really have the tenacity for it at the moment in time. He has bulked up well. He's, you know, I wouldn't want to be going to a, into a tackle with him, to be honest. But I just think that I'd like to see him in an attacking role. But again, it comes down to midfield. And I think when Luke Young's back, Tozer and Luke Young holding, then you can play Jordan Davis further forward. But at the moment in time, James Jones, I know he came on last night with four minutes left or whatever, but he's had such a sort of fall from grace coming in as this League One player, this, this big signing. And now he can't even get a game. And the worrying thing is that we've looked better without him on the pitch, but I think that last night maybe we did miss that sort of energy that that he brings. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, I, I I dare anyone to look at that midfield and tell me that it's balanced because it just is not. Um, I think you've got to look at those who put the squad together. I saw a friend of mine, Andy, who was at the Barnet game with us, Rich, who said, you know, Les Reed, Phil Parkinson, Sean Harvey, whoever's put the squad together. The midfield, no matter what the system seems to be, it, it's it's not right. Is it like you say, James Jones has, has fallen away at the wrong time? We kind of picked up results when he came out of the side, which I know is not necessarily the reason why, but but it, it doesn't look good for him. He can't seem to get a game. Doesn't seem to be able to show what he's about really. Um, I do wonder, you know, had he scored that goal against Notts County, the one that was wrongly called offside, you know, would would that have given him some lift off? You don't know. Um, all hypothetical now, of course. But um, you know it, it's it's uh, it's tricky because like you say, Young coming back in, I think is it would be a boost. Toza last night, whether it was just a, you know games and he's still learning the midfield position or, or a couple of games in a short period of time, but there were times when he was getting a little bit overrun in that DM role. Whether he was just exposed and, and had no protection, Jordan Davis' natural instincts aren't to sit and protect. Um, and even when Jarvis came on, he was sort of playing as this DM which again doesn't really suit him. Um, and I know we've, we've gone and got Charlie Trafford, who, when you, when you were tweeting out some of his stuff, he, he calls himself an orthodox DM. You know, is he the answer? David Jones seems to just be a coach. He doesn't seem to be getting anywhere close to the playing side of things. It's it's a conundrum, and, I, and not one I know how to solve, Rich, to be honest. Yeah, that's what that's what worries me as well. It's the, the fact that, like we said, we had this, this sort of seismic summer. He's got loads of players in. But the squad still doesn't look complete. It still looks a bit rugged. You know, it is those sort of square pegs and round holes because I just don't even know what the immediate solution is. Like I said, I think this formation works better, but then do we have the personnel to actually execute it? I'm not sure we've got the wide men. I'm not sure we've got the grit in, in, in midfield. Um, so I I just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm in a really difficult time at this moment because obviously if we beat a Maidenhead, we'd be in such a joyous mood right now. But... I'm I'm really intrigued and Charlie Trafford. I did see some comparison to Adam Barton on on social media, oh you know, saying that oh you know you can get excited by these players. And I'm gonna give Charlie Trafford, you know, the, the the benefit of the doubt, and let's hope he can he can be sort of a a season defining addition for us. But yeah, I just I just don't know what the solution is at the moment. I do think that Luke Young's absence has really hit us harder than many fans think. I know he was the scapegoat at the start of the season because we were at such an early stage in the season. That you can't make the manager the scapegoat. You obviously can't hit out at the owners. You can't hit out at any new player. So Luke Young was the only really guy that you could you could sort of blame. He's the captain. He's been there for a while, and yeah, I think that that without him, we really do miss something. And you know, I can't wait to have him back on the pitch. I think that will make a difference. Like I said, because Jordan Dares can play further forward. You've got someone next to Toza who's a bit more mobile, a bit more sort of engineering in midfield. But for for now. I, I like I said at the start of the podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if Parky did go back to the three five two, just because the pressure is starting to build, and that's what he trusts. Oh, say it ain't so, Rich. Say it ain't so. Um, I I, we, I said recently, didn't I? I can't remember what number pod it was, but I actually think Luke Young coming out of the side after that injury at Aldershot would enhance his reputation. Um, it, I, I say enhance. I think it would add a, add a bit of clarity on that he's clearly not the issue in that midfield. Um. And sometimes it takes a player coming out of the side to realise their value. I think him alongside Toza now, with Davis a bit further forward. I know Mac Linden's got a lot of fans just from the games I've seen. He's, you know, he's he's not he's not delivered what I thought he would be able to deliver. So I, I would have no issue moving Jordan Davis um, out to the left, keeping Mullen as like a ten, playing Jake Hyde as a, as a nine if we stick with the four two three one. 
And then on that right side, I, that that's a, an interesting one, that right sort of right attacking mid spot, because it sort of seems open. You know, is it open? Yeah, well, there's not Bryce, a clear Susanna, candidate, is Jarvis? there? No, there's, there's no clear, clear candidate. candidate. That's, where, that's where you need, like, you know, Stockport have gone and got Ollie Crankshaw or Ben Whitfield. Or, you know, there's loads of great wingers in the league. You've got Ruben Rodriguez or someone at Notts County. Don't really have that. Um, I guess you could play Angus out there or McAlinden, but they're not orthodox in in that kind of like right wing role. No. So that's an interesting gap in 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 the four two three one as well. But you know, you said about giving Charlie Trafford the benefit of the doubt. You've been on a scouting mission across the I've pond. Been, yeah, well, we Canada. both have, haven't we? Um, yeah, we both have. Yeah. So yeah, I, I there's one Canadian journalist I know, um, Gareth Wheeler, um, who he's the lead commentator at One Soccer in. In for in Canada and he, uh, he's a Toronto FC fan. Um, yeah, we follow each other on social media and we, we speak sometimes. And yeah, I sent him a message asking like what what to expect from Charlie Trafford, and he said, and like when I mentioned the name, he said I haven't heard about him for a while. It was like sort of a, a flashback for him. He said, you know, he's been on the periphery of the Canada setup for a while now, and that he's gone a bit cold in, in recent years. He he was sort of a, a promising youngster at one stage, but now obviously he's in his late twenties. He's He's had, he's been around, hasn't he? I mean, you only have to look at his his Wikipedia page, don't you, to see at the clubs he's been at, and he's been in Scandinavia, he's been in Scotland. You know, it's it's maybe not the the. I mean, it's it's exciting, isn't it? I always get excited when Wrexham sign a player who's not from the football league or not from the sort of the sort of British Isles or whatever. So to have a have a Canadian on board is really exciting. But yeah, the verdict from Canada is that they're not too sure what sort of state he's in at the moment because from North American point of view he just he's sort of just one of those flash in the pan names and you know when you think about sort of from the Welsh setup there'll be names from sort of I mean his last cap well he's got his first cap in sort of mid 2010s or whatever so you think about Wales players who someone like Ben Woodburn or whatever you know he came onto the scene and then you know he's, he's playing the lower leagues now it's it's just the not Canadian Ben Woodburn. Well, I'm not going to say saying. that, but I'm saying that's what I mean. Like he's that sort of player yeah, in Canada. You. Like he was billed as a Canada international, but he's got a handful of caps, and he's not really fulfilled that that early promise in his career. Um, yeah, so he, I, I mean, I was given the number of one, of his youth coach, which I've just not had time to to get into contact with yet. Oh, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that to get some some more information, hopefully for for the weeks ahead. Future but, pod. Yeah, but yeah they, they said pod, that he's a really likable guy, really top man. Um, a, a, a player that the manager will really like because he's got a really good work ethic and you know he's really driven. He he does want to prove himself. He would love to still get back into that that Canadian squad. You know they're looking pretty good for a World Cup qualification place as well. This is sort of the golden generation now for the Canada national team. You've got Jonathan David, Alfonso Davis. They've got some really Alfonso, really good yeah. exciting players there. So he he very much wants that. And I guess moving to a club like Wrexham with the the sort of global marketing. And you know that the platform it is it is a wise move, but at this moment in time, the vote from Canada is he was very promising as a youngster. He never really fulfilled that that potential. Uh, they don't they haven't really heard his name in recent years. It was a bit of a shock to them, and you know it was a bit of a, a blast in the past. But you know he comes in, it's an extra body in defensive midfield. Like you said, Dave Jones. I mean, his Wrexham career is just that goal at Solihull. That's it, um, and the red <laughs> card that he got after being on the pitch for about four Short minutes or whatever. Sweet. Short yeah, it's week. really odd that one. So as long as Charlie Trafford's there and, and fit and available, you know he's he's been in Scotland most recently. That's a, it's a decent standard, isn't it? But we've seen other players come from from big Scottish clubs. I think like when Scott Bowden came to us and and couldn't really do much. That you know, I just well, I just don't know. Scotland, yeah, you don't know. You're talking to Scotland. I spoke to someone who played with him in Scotland, who was also on the podcast, Jordan White. So if you haven't listened to that episode, do go back. I think it's really well worth a listen. I would say that, of course, but. Do go back because he, you know Jordan White talks through his injury hell. There's no other way to describe it, is there? Rich, just a complete nightmare that that we wouldn't wish on any player. But but Jordan is good friends with Charlie Trafford, and so you know not many in the contact book that that know him well. But but he said, yeah, he said, um, you know, I'm very good friends with him. He's he's a great lad. He's a he's a very good player, and he he he, he links up really well with strikers. You know, he said we linked up really well on and off the park. He's a very good player. I love playing with him. I think he'll do great at Wrexham. Um, so, you know, n- not too much detail, like you say, in, in your Canadian journal, but, it, you know, kind of a, a glowing reference nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. And I think Jordan White's uh, verdict is the most interesting, the fact that he loved playing with him. There's not many sort of strikers who have that, that, that good a relationship with central midfielders, you know, um, 
especially defensive ones because they, they, they don't really get that much service from them or whatever. But yeah, Charlie Trafford just seems like a really nice guy. I know that you know he, he's been quite vocal on social media as well. He's had it in the pipeline for a while after after this after this trial that he's had recently. And yeah, I think it was just weird the wording of his announcement. It, like, I think did Parkinson say it, it gives odd. us a chance it to get odd. a better look at him. Which yeah, it was very odd. It was like an extended, extended look at like, him. It was like an extended trial. It felt like it felt like he's nowhere near the squads. That's how I I interpreted it. I felt like he's nowhere. You know, wasn't he? The the talk was that he'd been training with the sort of the youth the youth players just to kind of get an early test out. Now he'll be obviously in with the first team, but it it, it seemed like a free hit signing sort of thing. You know, yeah, Charlie I think he's desperate to prove himself, and it's been in the in in the pipeline for a while, and and. Yeah, if he, if he gets a go, he gets a go. If he doesn't, I think he's probably there as cover. You know, yeah, you exactly. Just think one injury to somebody and, and we're, we're finished in midfield, defensive midfield anyway. Yeah, I think he's very much for, for squad depth. And, you know, we said it in the summer, didn't we? We've got the money now that you might as well take these risks. Well, not risks, are they? It's a free hit. Get an extra body in, someone who can play centre defensive midfield, someone who's experienced, who's played at a decent level already. And then I, I do think that come January... I think adding a winger and a centre defensive midfielder is going to be high on the on the priority list for, for Phil Parkinson if he's still in charge. I mean, I know there's going to be talk about his future again after the the sort of the way that we we crumbled against Maidenhead. I mean, it was sounds like it was a pathetic sort of opening half an hour of football. We offered very oh, little against a team that we we should be beating, particularly after the excitement of the way that we just eased past Barnet. That was the sort of authority we need to be stamping on this league because, like we said. It's always always gonna be a struggle against the top teams, and you know some of those games you're gonna to have to be a bit more pragmatic, switch to the three-five-two. But against lesser teams, you have just got to have that sort of arrogance, really, and embrace it. You can, you know, you've got to respect your opponents, but you can't bow down to them, and you can't give them that much time and stuff. You've got to, you've got to be ruthless, and it's just really disappointing. And I know that on social media last night there was lots of reaction just saying the manager's just not not got it good enough and you'll hear in this clip maybe coming up I'm not sure if it made the edit but we spoke to Torquay podcast didn't we Nate earlier this week mm. and they they make they they have manager predictions at the start of the season and they had Phil Parkinson down as the third most likely manager to get sacked this season and they were their word of warning was that we just needed a manager who knew non-league football inside and out. And I do think that Phil Parkinson has found it very hard to adapt to just how gruesome the Vanarama National League is. Yeah, I mean, I remember saying to him in the press, I said, do, you know, is there any any risk, any gamble? Do you feel any pressure dropping out? And, and he, he looked deadpan and just said, no, no pressure, or like no, no worries at all about dropping out. I think there's a, maybe a touch of naivety there you know it, it's 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 a hellish league to get out of people always say the championship don't they is hellish but at least that's got two automatic you know the national league is 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 really a win or bust i know they've extended the playoffs now to, to, to seven teams but it's you once a gap appears at the national league you're not we're not the only big fish in the national league unfortunately so that other people have the budgets to to keep that gap or to 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 sign players outside of windows, that which we can't do. We're far more restricted, and so we've got to be savvier. But before we get into that clip with the guys at the National Obsession podcast, do listen to that as well. They're very funny, and we did enjoy our chat with them, didn't we, Rich? Um, just just quick quick word, Rich, on the, on the week ahead then. So owners have got a busy few days in Wrexham. We'll try and be over as much as possible in terms of what they're doing, but it looks like quite a busy schedule. I mean, Wednesday night, we've got a turf party for a very select few people. Is it 50 people? going there and then Thursday's the first press conference at the ground I'll get a first look inside the race course it won't be as packed out as it will on uh, on on Saturday but then the game on Saturday and I'm sure they've got loads to see what what would you if you were giving them a guided tour Rich if you were the tour guide what would you show them in Wrexham the horse and jockey where would you take them for lunch that's what I want to know Chippy or that's difficult Pizza Express it? Nando's that's the thing because I know you want to show them Wrexham but I guess maybe for like Rob maybe more so than Ryan like how well they know sort of British cuisine anyway. I know people say like, well, it's not British. We want to show them Wales. I think we are very distinctly Welsh ourselves. But like fish and chips, do you want to take them for a chippy? It's a difficult <laughs> one. I mean, the fat boar. You know, I, I will be going there this weekend myself just because I need to get one of those burgers. I mean, that looks absolutely yeah, incredible. Yeah. The, the one for this weekend. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one to recommend where to go, isn't it? Um, I mean, just just knock around Eagles Meadow for a bit. Uh, yeah, see, see what's I, happening. I think so. Maybe yeah. you watch a movie. I mean, we might be a bit bored of watching movies, Ryan Reynolds, because he is in most of them this anyway. This is true. 
Um, this is true. I mean, I don't. I wonder if he watches any of the movies of himself. I, yeah, I mean, we. Back. Yeah, I mean, do, do you listen back to the podcasts you're in? I mean, I can't say I do. Uh, no, I mean, that's poor from you. We need we need, we need, all need the to boost the, I mean, to boost the yeah, listeners, yeah, don't we? Yeah. Um, but no, I think what, what would I what, what would I get? I mean, does he go to Attic the nightclub or where does he go? I reckon Rob will definitely go to Wrexham Lager. You would imagine. I mean, they got name checked, didn't they? In a, in the Expedia podcast, Wrexham Lager. Yeah. What was it? Lag in, they said, or something like that. Lager, um, yeah. Wrexham Lager, Lager and Aviation yeah. Gin. Maybe just go um, to Morrison's and just look at that big display of Aviation Gin yeah, they've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, it might not fill no, the conference so big, with, with the sales, big, but uh, big plans, Rich. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be there for this press conference. Um, get, get within touching distance. Oh, I'd say touching. I'm sure I'd be f- much further away, but. Um, you know, hear what they have to say, talk through their experience of following and being over here and what they make of it. And then the big one, Saturday, we'll both be there, I think. It's uh, it's, it's a must not miss. It's an I, I was there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And we spoke as well on this Talkie podcast that we're going to play a clip of shortly. Um, how it's kind of similar to that anniversary game against Grimsby. We all know how that ended. We, we spoke to Louis Malt about that as well. And he said that, you know, the day maybe got on top of the players a bit more. Something that he's learnt about in his later career. So if you want to hear Louis Malt's verdict on that on that anniversary season in all, go back and listen to that on Rob Brian Red. But yeah, talking this weekend, it's gonna be a really part a real big party. But again, I do I do sort of use the word circus loosely because I think this weekend's gonna be all about off the pitch. That I like based on what we saw on Tuesday night. I do just worry that the performance will almost be secondary, and you know you've got to approach approach it the same way. And for the players. It doesn't matter who's in the stadium. It doesn't matter who who's turning up. It should just be getting down to business and and just cracking on with the job in hand. And I can't wait. I'm really excited. It does feel like a real party, and it still feels like I'm excited. This week has been like another sort of pinch yourself moment. Like we've all been like we, we we've sort of come to terms with Hollywood owners. You sort of say it now, and, and it's like yeah, I've I, I've processed that. But then when you actually see them at a game, that's like oh my god, this has actually happened. I still can't actually quite believe real. it. And I think, like I said, on Saturday, when you turn up, it's just going to be a great day. And I really hope that we get the, a performance and a result to match it because we we say it on most podcasts, don't we? But it's very rarely those two things link up well and there's that synergy very, between a good very, crowd very and a good performance. I always well, we, we, we spoke, to, we spoke to, didn't we? Sorry, we, we, we spoke to John and Charlie, Charlie Baker and John Cadigan of the National Obsession podcast. They're desperate to spoil the party, aren't they, Rich? They've got a new star striker on loan from QPR, which they're desperately trying to keep under wraps. But let's just roll the clip of our chat with them uh, earlier this week. Uh, Nathan Rich. Hello, thanks for having us. Hello, really really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, oh, you're, you're also having us because to... we're on your yeah. podcast as well. This is true. This is true. It's a very weird uh, live, live simulcast, but this is great for Synergy. us. Synergy. And... Non-league very exciting, synergy, I call yeah. it. very a very exciting, a big weekend, uh, which inevitably means we'll probably lose one nil <laughs> uh, to to like an own goal off someone's backside or something like that. So that's just inevitable. It's very odd being in the national league and uh, loving it because all you're trying to do is get out of it, <laughs> which yeah, Wrexham mean, have been, been trying to do for years. fourteen yeah. years. Yeah, tell us yeah, about yeah, that. We're quite comfortable, we're quite comfortable uh, at the moment, aren't we? I mean, we've we've failed in every every way possible almost to get out of the league and now it's uh yeah it's becoming very it, it's weird though because the first season down when we i can't remember when that was 13 14 years ago we played stevenage who were the, yeah they were they were the league favorites stevenage yeah. on the opening day of the season we beat them five nil and we thought we're going to be out of this league oh, yeah, in no time and now we're the we're the elderly residents <laughs> sat in the corner warning everyone who gets relegated just how horrible it is and yeah it's you know this season's given us extra optimism but with extra optimism comes extra pressure and we've already found it difficult this campaign and yeah we we were already sort of viewed ourselves as maybe the biggest club or definitely one of the bigger clubs but now we really are the scalp and i think oh, we've yeah. had a, a bit of a struggle this season sort of coming to terms of just how many teams want to spoil your party and just how many opposition fans want to give you abuse on a social yeah. media as well which is uh, <laughs> which I, I good like, to the mentions yeah, i just like rich's idea that we're, we're kind of in some sort of like old old national league home in a rocking chair talking about the blue square premier days the voxel conference days yeah we were here when it was the, the skrill yeah. <laughs> we always talk of it like it's it's, an, it's an escape room. It's an escape room yeah. is what we always. You have to refine yeah. the right combination to get out of the room. <laughs> yeah, it's well, we haven't got it. Is the answer? To that. And, 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 and the, 
the answer is uh, take it all the way to Los Angeles, take it to Hollywood, and and then stick the most uh, glamorous appointment we could think of in Phil Parkinson. <laughs> hope he's got the razzle dazzle to get us out. We, of it. We've sort of turned it into the crystal maze and just thrown loads of money at the end. Yeah, that gives us some sort of solution. I can't believe anybody listening to either podcast. I mean, certainly not your podcast. It'd be weird if someone listening to your podcast didn't know about your ownership situation. But obviously, it has been the biggest story in the National League this season. Are you enjoying? the spotlight so far because i've always wondered with talky what happened if you know yeah. someone came in with loads of money would i actually enjoy it and i've always thought no of course i wouldn't but i don't <laughs> know are you, are you guys actually are you enjoying it what do you think i mean i i mean i'm loving it i think it's just absolutely brilliant isn't it you know how can you not get excited about little old rex and was you know and i'm not saying that in, in a in a negative way we've both grown up there and we love it to pieces but you know, it's it's about as far from Hollywood as you could imagine. It's uh, it's not glamorous. Everyone works really hard for, for every last kind of penny they get, and and to have you know Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney yeah. sort of sprinkle some some magic dust on it, we're, we're able to buy players again. We got so used to not being able to buy players, we were just waiting on free transfers and kind of getting people's castoffs that no one wanted and, and hoping it would come together. It's kind of ragtag teams we were putting together, and then they would often go off elsewhere and they would do brilliantly. And so the idea that we can go and sign a, a League One captain in, in Ben Tozer and mm. go and get League Two Player of the Year in Paul Mullen is, quite frankly, insanity um, for, for us because we're just not used to it at all, are we, Rich? No, and the other thing as well is, of course, that I think everyone wants to do it the sort of organic way, but particularly for me, it was that 98-point season. You know, we got 98 points, finished second to Fleetwood, who did have money, with Jamie Varley up front. They yeah. get promoted look what happens to them and we're sort of stuck behind. And it's always seemed like whenever we've almost had a decent team, there's always been a team who has more money or someone who can go out in January and spend big mm. and things aren't going their way. Uh, you know, Stockport this season, basically. And it, it's just nice that we can, we've got that financial muscle again, because so often, as you'll know, that when you're in this league, if you've got a good player, come the end of the season, they either go up to another national league yeah. team or they go up to the football league. If, if you've got a good player, they don't stay because why they want to stay in national league and yeah you say your club's special but no one's really got loyalty at this level and no. that's partly the reason why we've been able to buy so many good players in the football league ourselves because an element at the end of the day is these players won't have long-term careers after the game most of them they need to sort of chase the money now while they can and yeah we've we've bided our time long enough you know i do understand it and we used to we used to hate all the other teams who were you know insert it sort of buying the league or whatever we're proving that you can spend money and it doesn't necessarily pay off on the pitch immediately anyway yeah. so well, you, you're uh, sort of doing yeah, it at the wrong time i think because there's yeah. so many big teams in this league it's so weird we we when we were talking to the gandemonium lads at sutton um who have a sutton yeah. united uh blog and we were oh, just saying that well they call it the they call this the bastard league which is absolutely absolutely <laughs> brilliant and and they uh they were just just saying you you can't you almost can't buy it you know and also they went up and they said we've gone up to league two and it's full of non-league teams and it is and and the yeah. and and the national league now is full of big league big league teams <laughs> you know like yourselves like Notts county like stockport county you know lots of team chesterfield have got money lots of teams have got have got money and because there's no wage cap they can do this. And these players, they are, they do like money. Footballers like money. That's what they like. They like money. They've got a short career. And they're, they're also, we love them, obviously, but they're not very good at football. No, no, no. <laughs> Otherwise, and, and, as I always say, they'd be on the bench in League One. Um, and, and so they have to make as much money as possible. So you're almost doing it at the wrong time. You'll do it eventually, as long as you're your guys stick around that's always the thing is as long as they stick around but you are doing it at a time when Stockport have money and Notts County have money and I, I, I do think I do think you've made the, the wrong managerial appointment because I think what you get get out of how you get out of this division is by having the right manager and about who knows how this division works and I don't I think he knows how football works Phil Parkinson, but I don't think he knows how this division works, and this division is very, very difficult. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what do we say with the other? I mean, the, the joke going around wasn't it was Jurassic Parkinson ball was the is the nickname, but you know what? He, he has swallowed his pride and ditched his three five two for now. Fingers crossed, Rich, that that stays. Around. Yeah, two two matches of evidence so far. We two, played two Marine matches, yeah. and. Barnet and made them both yeah. look like crap football teams, which they, they already <laughs> were. So there's not really much um, concrete evidence so far. But it's it's the pre 
pre-ditching of the formation, it, it was a real eyesore, wasn't it? Even worse than this kind of Dean Keats, uh, you know, 1-0. I'm kind of having very weird flashbacks, I'm sure we'll get on to it, but very, very vivid and scary flashbacks of Torquay going to the race course last time and scaring me. Was it Sam Shering or something at the, at the yeah. 4th minute? Yeah, that, that was... Uh, Gary Time winner. Yeah, that was a very... Uh, you know, I'm quite. I can get kind of frustrated and disappointed, but I was really like raging. In my, I think it was that must have been behind closed. I was raging. It was. That. Yeah, was yeah that was a streamed. Well, last uh, season, was last like... season was weird. It was brilliant as well because it was really visceral, wasn't it? Because we could watch every game. I don't know about you, but because of the streaming, yeah. it made it a lot more personal. I think you know, which which yeah. is what coming our eventual. Uh, horrific demise at Ashton Gate oh. um, was it just made it all the more painful why uh, you're two of, you two are obviously Wrexham spies um, what do you want to know from us about Torquay United before Saturday why, why are you so obsessed with keeping Sinclair Armstrong as a big secret <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like uh, is he the non-league Messi or who? You know, what's this big uh, who, who? 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 Uh, and he's, he's not he's not very good and you keep your I should let you I don't think he's playing this no, weekend I think he's, I think out. he's out yeah um, Really, after that big build-up, I've never read so much about one player. On my, I was like, what? I was like, I was going no, to. No, my message to Phil Parkinson is he's not, he's not in the squad. No won't travel. He's not there. He's no. not playing. Yeah, no, no, not, no. I not, think um, what what you've been reading is a massive amount of uh, relief that that uh, <laughs> and, uh, that we finally can see a green shoot uh, on nice. our very very difficult start to a season and very very difficult emotionally and physically to get over the end of of last year um and this is the first time i think that this group of players feels like oh we might actually be able to do something and and we'll never recreate last season but but it, it feels like a, a very positive step is that right john i think so we've signed like a couple of not just sinclair we signed harry perrett on loan from accrington as well seems to sort of solidified us at the back a bit and yeah, yeah before those two signings, I was looking at this game thinking we, this could be, you know, a bit of a thrashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still and could now, be. I mean, it still could be. But now I, I give us a bit more of a chance, particularly away from home at somewhere like Wrexham. And I think yeah. it's going to be a big crowd this weekend, isn't there? I saw tickets are really sort of flying off the shelf. So it could be quite an interesting I went to Wrexham away up. about four seasons ago. Three, Gary Hours, Wrexham away. 4 0. We lost 4 yeah. 0 on a Saturday afternoon. It was freezing and it, we were just awful really were you there for those it was just awful and that was one of my lowest ever points as a talkie united fan just absolutely was like we weren't at all good that we had no atmosphere you thrashed us with not a great team i mean you've got luke young we've always loved luke young i think he scored that day mm. and and it was just a real look but this is before gary came in on a wave of optimism but yeah yeah so wrexham away is all, always in my head as one of those oh god it's wrexham away you know <laughs> Yeah, but then we're always kind of like, oh, God, a big crowd. Or like, oh, God, <laughs> the TV cameras. Oh, God, any yeah, we just don't, We don't win just... when, there's, when there's that sort of expectation. And like you said, <laughs> it, this weekend as well, um, they have sort of um, rejigged the, uh, the, the the allocation of the tickets, I think, so yeah, they can have more home, home, home crowd in because I think they're they're restricting what would usually be the away section. I mean, no offence, but it's a long trip. So I think they're going to give some of that to, to home fans and yeah. try and make it as much of a, a bumper sort of event as possible. But I guess from a Wrexham point of view, a game that springs to mind for me, which you probably might not know as talking fans, but in 2014, sorry, we celebrated our 150th anniversary as the third oldest professional team in the world. We hosted Grimsby at home. That was a game where we had eight and a half, nine thousand fans. Yeah. We lost one nil to a penalty inevitably yeah. because it sort of turned into a circus and it sort of, the day mm. took on more meaning than the actual performance. And that's going to be really interesting this weekend because it's dealing with that and just getting back to terms that you've got to just win the football match primarily. And I think there's going to be such a distraction off the pitch, obviously with what happens that from a Wrexham point of view, I I'm pessimistic anyway, because I'm quite worried that, it could turn into a day that's not about the football, which is obvious because you've got the Hollywood owners coming in for the, their first match. But it's that's what worries me, really, is the fact that the undoing could be, you know, our own sort of indulgence of the glitz and the glamour. But then it would be great for the do- it would be great for the documentary, it. though, wouldn't it? It would be a good it story will, will. if they lost <laughs> well, the first game when they came we, over. Yeah, Let's sadly, just think we've about had, that. We've had quite quite a fair share of the sort of horror <laughs> yeah, elements had, so yeah, far that we'd quite like to have some enjoyment. Otherwise, it could be. 
it's going to be quite a depressing watch, I think, because there's not actually <laughs> been many highs. There's you, been quite I, a lot of lows already. I, t- I tell you what, though, just before, I was just going to say about you talking about managers saying, oh, we've, you know, we've, like, we've spoke extensively about Phil Parkinson previously and what, what we think. And I, I tell you what, I, I tell you, we won't be flustered, I wouldn't have thought, by the big circus would be Gary Johnson. You know, he's, he's mm. one of the, in my opinion, one of the better managers in the league. And his team talk probably be the easiest one this season. You know, we'll have a crowd of 9,500 plus, I would have thought. You know, all the expectation will be on. Wrexham to perform in front of this massive crowd, the owners and whatnot. And Gary's probably just going to go, you know, he came here last year, upset the apple cart and you can do it again. And there's, I'm sure you've got a similar amount of players, um, a similar amount. You hope you'd, you'd still got 11 players. Um, similar players. <laughs> you know, you'd, yeah, you'd, 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 it's it's has been like, that sort of yeah. season. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You never know, honestly. Yeah, this is, yeah we have uh, got a, some similar players, but we did lose the engine of our team is the thing. So it's... Uh, the one you should have bought was... Ben Whitfield. That's the one. The one you missed out on yeah. completely was Ben Whitfield. I don't know if you went for him, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, he tore us apart when I went to Stockport. Yeah, I'm amazed you then. didn't. I'm um, amazed you didn't go in for him. You know what? I actually sat through Torquay's highlights for the Kings Lynn game, which mm. I try and avoid watching Kings Lynn at all. Um, <laughs> Come on, you Lynn! PTSD. Of, yeah, <laughs> I get PTSD of watching Gordon Mateo um, play football, <laughs> which is you know really scary to watch like a horror film. Um, but you know, I, I I was I have to say I was I was impressed. I guess I mean, have you seen a kind of an uptick in in the forms and that hangover? I know people joke about it after losing in the playoffs, but it is a real thing. I mean, after the ninety eight points, we were mm. crushed. Well, after we, we, we lost we and you put in the playoff. Oh, oh yeah, we were finished. Well. Yeah, we it's were physical. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a genuine physical pain, <laughs> which yeah. which mm. which you cannot underestimate because there's so many games over a. You know, because it's Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, all the time, and you really down, and you really it? invest in it, and because you can go and get close to it, and you get a, and because it's a, a lower level, you can get a lot more access to it. I just think you feel it more, and because it's, oh, I don't know, I can go on about it forever. I think another I can go thing on about it forever. The, the players are so relatable as people are exactly. Yeah. Yeah. they're just you blokes. That. They're like, just blokes. They are just not normal blokes and it's not the same as i know we've got some high played players ourselves but you know that the majority of those players will just retire mid 30s and be like what next they don't have that lump sum to relax no. or whatever and it will haunt them if they don't get promoted or if they miss a chance or if they have yeah. these glaring capitulations which you know are haunted in the race course grounds the brick world. so i look forward but, uh, to us thrashing you four nil with a with four sinclair armstrong goals and then you signing sinclair armstrong next week from qpr and Gary Johnson oh, yeah. and I mean, Gary Johnson becoming your manager at Christmas. Is oh, is this yeah. the sort I mean, of thing that could happen in in the, I, in the brave I'm, new world? I'm, I'm I'm kind of hoping that the the owners uh, make themselves known to all the right people. Uh, I hopefully if you know if Sinclair's mom goes off or anything like that, you know, <laughs> put it, put it, how are you going to say? You know, the, the if the Sinclair on family the li- if the yeah. Sinclair family are listening, there's premieres to go to. You know, Ryan's got a new film coming out on Netflix. So there's all sorts that can be pulled. I mean, I don't know what kind of Netflix shows Gary Johnson's going to be on, so it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, <laughs> come join the bandwagon. Don't jump aboard. Never. Save us, basically. Talk- Save Gary's, Gary's talkie for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talkie for life. Rich, um, yeah. I mean, they... They're itching. I mean, a lot like a lot of the league, they're itching to just ruin it for us, aren't they? I feel like more so than ever, everyone's desperate to see Wrexham fall on their face, which is in some way inevitable, but it will only make it even sweeter if we manage to actually get over the line. Yeah, like we said, we, we've always been like the scalp in the league in a way, and I know we've got that, that that sort of ego, but we know we're we know we're the biggest team in the league. Like, let's face it. And now we've got the the money, we've got the backing, we've got the global appeal. You get other media outlets who don't really have any interest in football, even just like trying to cash in on us. You know, we are just sort of everyone's doing FIFA career modes with Wrexham. We are just the team that everyone wants a piece of at the moment. And yeah, you want to spoil the party because, like I, I've said it many times on the podcast, one of my favorite days was beating Salford on Boxing Day, absolutely oh, destroying yeah. them. And it was a middle finger up to the class of 92. You know, it was like, we don't need money. We've got hard work. We've got grit. Well, now we have got money and we seem to have lost <laughs> yeah. a bit of that hard work and grit ourselves. And it's sort of flipped on its side. So, yeah, we've, we've had so often in this league, think of the 98-point season where we, we did everything in our power to get promoted. And then there was a team with more money than us who had, who had the star striker. We've got that star striker now, but it's just not reflecting on the pitch. And every team 
wants to cause that upset. It was was an older shot last season when they defeated us and posted those Ryan Reynolds gifts. Every was, every yeah, media think, yeah. team, you know, in in the National League is going to have those in draft, just hoping that they can cause an upset and that they can they can be the ones saying, "Well, money can't buy you everything." Do you know what I mean? And yeah, well, let's hope Torquay. Let, yeah, let's hope Torquay stay in drafts. Um, do let us know what you think, how, how the game will go. Do keep sending us your lineups. I know me and Rich are putting out sort of two different options and lineups that we, we, we'd like to see um, via Fan Hub. So yeah, do keep following us on there and listening through there. It really does help the podcast like you wouldn't believe. Um, you can get in touch with us Twitter at Rob Ryan Red. Thanks so much for what we're we aiming for. Two thousand, Rich, aren't we? That's what we're trying to get over two thousand followers if we can. That would be nice. Wouldn't um, it? Um, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, and you can also email us Rob Ryan Red at gmail dot com. Any final words, Rich, to send us into the big day? Nothing would surprise me. Let's put it that way. I mean, we talk about the Hollywood scripts and whatever. I don't think there's any sort of script that would surprise me at this stage because I think feel like I've seen it all before. To be honest, the biggest shock would be if Wrexham played well this weekend. Yeah, that, that, would, well that, would, that would be the plot twist for me because I am thoroughly expecting a bit of a dead rubber and a bit, a bit of... Yeah, I'm just fully expecting Proyos not to not to win the game. I really am feeling pessimistic ahead of this weekend just because of the great build-up. So... Yeah, but you're excited now after hearing that pessimism. But yeah, I... some lovely optimism to end the pod. So yeah, let's all look ahead now to Torquay. Maidenhead has gone. Clean that slate. The owners are going to have an amazing time in Wrexham, and we'll all be there. Nine thousand plus will be there on 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 Saturday to bat the boys, make some noise. Come on, the town. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.